0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited on today's episode. We have Dr. Heather Cato. Uh, she is an expert in writing and she has a PhD in literacy. Uh, she also happens to be my sister, uh, but we've worked on a lot of projects together. And so I think she's got some really great insight on some of the topics we've been discussing lately. Um, we've been talking about writing and about writing for your audience and making sure that you're writing in a way that they need to hear and they're getting what they need out of it. So, uh, I think you're really going to get a lot out of her interview, uh, today And yeah. Thanks for joining us. Hi Heather. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing good.
0: So, um, today we're talking, we we've really been talking for a while now about, uh, communicating and communicating specifically for your audience. Um, and uh, and how to write in a way that the audience hears what they need to hear from you. Because, you know, when we're making ads and when we're doing marketing, when we're trying to pitch ideas, like, it doesn't matter how we feel about our writing. It matters how it's received. Um, so Heather uh, has a lot of expertise in writing. Can you um, tell us a little bit about your background? Like, you, you've been, you've taught writing, you've been studying writing.
1: Yeah. So I um, was a school teacher for a long time and I taught language arts, which included writing. I'm a um, national writing project teaching consultant, um, which wow. means that I went through a extensive training about writing instruction. I uh, recently com- completed my uh, PhD in literacy and my dissertation was on writing assessment. So it was all about writing. And then since then, I've started writing with a marketing company and um, that focuses on kind of political, uh, government and educational um, endeavors. Nice. So a little bit of everything.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um, I kind of stepped on the first question there a little bit, but... Uh, <laughs> a little yeah, S- yeah. S- Sina, you go
1: we were kind of hoping to talk about like you know you giving us the scope of the kinds of projects you're working on currently yeah yeah so what we're looking at we're um a startup marketing firm and we're really looking at engaging um different um clients in that political uh, educational and government space um and we're looking to help them really elevate their marketing. If you look at a lot of government websites and things like that, um, a lot of them have not spent a lot of time focusing on marketing, but as the, space, as the digital space continues to get cra- more crowded with noise, they're realizing that they need to find a better way to communicate their message and get it out there to a, a broader audience. So they're turning to marketing companies to help them do just that.
0: Wow. Um, (laughs) Well, so tell us about what it means to write with the audience in mind, to write what they need to hear. Like, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, Um, it's kind of funny. You, You kind of assume that once you learn how to write, you just write. But really, if you're writing, for a children's book, or if you're writing um, a dissertation, those are two completely different purposes and different styles altogether. And so um, for writing with a marketing lens, I think really takes it to a different place where um, a writer is always focused on who their reader is. But I think that in marketing, it's a little bit Um, different of a focus because you're really wanting to connect with that uh, reader on a different level. So um, writing for marketing, I feel like has a whole different awareness of who the audience is because you're actually compelling them or um, trying to get them to do something, to act on whatever it is that you've written.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So
1: so Scott mentioned that you guys, and we talked about it in one of our previous episodes, that you guys worked on a proposal together. Um, Without getting into too much detail about the client, could you kind of just tell us about the process and how you wrote keeping um, that client in mind? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, um, if you've ever uh, gone house shopping or maybe you've even um, watched a house buying TV show. Um, On just about all the house buying TV shows, the first thing someone walks into the room and says, oh, this paint is awful. And that's so frustrating to me because you can easily change the paint. It's not that big of a deal.
0: Um,
1: But when you walk into the house, you've got to like it's got a certain look and feel and you have to be able to see yourself in that house, which is why your realtor tells you to declutter everything and take down all the personal things before you sell your house. The same is true about marketing, like the writing component of these proposals is that I can sit there and fill pages about all the wonderful, amazing things that I am doing or our company is doing, um, but they don't need to see all of my tchotchkes. They need to be able to see themselves in the house that I'm building. And Mm -hmm. so they need to see themselves in that proposal. How are we hitting the needs that they have addressed and how in turn are they going to be able to, um, connect with their audience. So it's kind of, I'm not writing for myself. I'm writing for my clients so that they can see how they will connect with their audience. So it's like almost a three-part removed, um, audience a little bit. Yeah. So, so what was the feedback that you guys received on, on that proposal that you guys are working on? Yeah, sure. So usually when, um, a lot of, like I've read quite a, number of different proposals for a variety of things. And a lot of times people will say, we will do this, we will provide you this service, we will be able to blah, blah, blah. Those are all pictures in the house. So for this proposal, we took all the pictures out and we said, using social media, you will be able to connect with your client by doing this. We will partner with you to help you do this. And um, the feedback we received from that proposal was y'all's proposal was the only one that told us what we were gonna do. We actually were able to see ourselves in that proposal. And so that was it, that was super exciting feedback to hear because <laughs> mm-hmm. it really changed it up that um to make sure that it was focused on the client and the client seeing themselves through that proposal. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's important. Like just um, them being able to see themselves in it is obviously what drives it home, right? Puts them, puts them in the driver's seat and really can envision it. So that's really cool that you guys were able to do that. Well, and the other part about that is using their language. So mm-hmm. for example, we were working on an educational proposal and um, we used the phrase backwards design. Well, backwards design, People use it all over the place, but in education, they really use that for their design process. They are always beginning with the end in mind, doing backwards design. So, when we presented that proposal, we made sure that we used the language of the client and mm-hmm. um, that we used educational ease in what we were writing because they're going to be able to connect better to that. Um, another example is. Um, when we're using terminology, we want to be able to make sure that um, they understand it. So if we use fancy words like um, retargeting or geofencing or things like that, you know, depending on what the government agency is or the educational agency is, they have vastly varying understandings of marketing language. So. Mm-hmm we are quick to add an image or a definition or an icon of some sort so that they can visually ground themselves in understanding what it is that we're actually proposing to them.
0: That's great. So who, do you have any examples that that you pull from? Who do you think does this well? I mean, do you see like what ads, is there an ad campaign you like or an agency that you see this in? Hmm. Sorry, we meant to preload you with that
1: horrible i you know what i this is um it's funny you say that scott i don't know do you want me to um plug you scott because um do they know that you're my brother
0: not specifically
1: not specifically i don't know i mean i can i don't know i'm just (laughs) i can be your brother
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sydney <laughs> so sure. can be your brother. You oh my god! You,
1: yeah. Oh my god! On the
0: audio version, it'll be real confusing.
1: It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> we're good.
0: Yeah, that's um, fine. You can talk about. I mean, you can talk about. I don't you know, know who. We're not trying to hide that. Huh? I don't know. I don't know the answer
1: to your question, but I do have something
0: helpful to say. All right, that's fine. I'll just run the question again, and then we'll see what happens yeah uh so who do you think uh who do you think does this really well? sydney would you what who's blowing up your phone over there is that you tell adam to shut up it's and it is it's adam adam he's not part of this adam you can be on a show later adam stop stop i guess another day okay we're good all right let me uh let me put my cut yeah all right so we're gonna have to cut that all right so um so who do you think does this really well like where do you look to find inspiration on you know writing with the audience in mind
1: um
0: <laughs> that's okay you said you had an answer yeah. well <laughs> so what do you have to
1: say and maybe scott can pose the question a different way no, fine. It's- <laughs> Well, one, I keep thinking about Scott and I have spent countless of hours looking at people's website and just dogging them because they're so bad. I I immediately think about all of the ones that are really bad. Um,
0: Well, we can talk about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, we don't necessarily want to, I don't think we necessarily want to trash individual people, but we can be like, oh, yeah, so we looked at, you know, we picked apart a bunch of other content and...
1: Yeah, no. um, okay, I let me okay, try one more time.
0: You want the same question, or do we need a different question?
1: Well, let me tell you my answer. You, me tell, you, my right.
0: answer? you tell me okay. the answer, and then I'll we'll play Jeopardy! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I can say my answer again. So, when Scott was young, er, when we were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, Scott always would say, it's not about what you say, it's about how the other person understands what you said. And that really is something that sticks in my head as I'm writing because it's about how is the other person gonna understand what I'm trying to say? And so when I fill the page with, I'm so great, I'm so amazing, I'm innovative and a disruptor, Like you can use these buzzwords all day long, but that doesn't actually show them what you're going to do. It just fills the page with fancy words that doesn't actually even say anything. So I keep what Scott has, what Scott said in mind about this idea of I can say whatever I want, but it's not about what I'm saying. It's about how they're going to understand what I'm saying. And really the lens I read, like as I'm writing, that's what I'm thinking about. But then as I go back to proof, that's really what I'm thinking about. Like who yeah. who's the dude in the chair or the woman it's about to read this piece and how are they gonna understand what I've written here?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the contexts that I, I kind of think about sometimes is like parenting, you know, like when you're parenting, like I can set a, a really high bar. I can set all these expectations for my kids, but at the end of the day, if they don't understand what I'm telling them, then it, it doesn't really matter.
1: It doesn't matter at all. And so, and I mean, like the other thing too, is that I think you also have to be mindful that people, um are, people are busy. They have a lot going on. So even like for us in reading a proposal, um, we've got to also a little bit consider the mindset for which they enter reading this proposal. Like, Um, If it's 165 pages, that's a lot. And is it possible to say more in less space? And typically what I've found is if I cut the adjectives in half, I can get Mm -hmm. a lot more said with a lot less words.
0: Yeah, that's great. I I think that's really helpful. Um, And I think that idea of saying more with less, I think sometimes... You know, when we're writing, if you don't have a clear vision of who you're writing to, you kind of just say a lot of things because you're hoping to catch something that they'll they'll like. But that's great. Right. Do you have do you have any tools or any other resources or anything um, that you use when you're writing to help you know clarify or? You have any examples of somebody you really like?
1: Um, well, I think that one of the things that I really, um, I also try to be mindful of I've spent a little bit of time in like visual science. So it's not always just, it's not always just about the words on the page, but maybe there needs to be a graphic to connect to the words that are on the page. And that can be just as meaningful in pushing the story forward or drawing the reader's attention at just the right moment um because if it's i don't know seven pages of just words we yeah. know that people's eyes start jumping down the page and they're not actually reading every single word right but if you have an image to anchor what they're reading and then then they'll they'll persist longer in the reading
0: um, wow. yeah that's great so
1: um i don't know even just watching i think um for me having taught for a long time, I watched kids learn how to read. And I watched kids um, specifically middle school and high school kids learn how to build stamina in reading. Mm -hmm. And so I would um, notice all their tricks for all their fake reading and they would be pretending to read, but I can always catch the pretenders. um, And I think that that's actually been really helpful um, because I know that like we can read, can, people can read maybe like two, three paragraphs before they need like something to shift their attention. Because if you're moving on mm. the fourth or fifth paragraph about the same thing, they're yeah. checking. Um, the And it's actually true. There was a, there's an author, Lois Duncan, and she writes young adult books. But that's one of the things that she said is early on in her writing career back in the eighties, She would write, um, the beginning chapter was this long exposition of just building um, climax and setting the setting, and it was very slow start. And what she, um, the publishers came back and asked her to revise her books for the next generation, and the biggest thing she had to do was cut out the first chapter, because kids want to start at the action, they don't want the um, long uh, setting
0: chapter
1: which is true for all of us nowadays really is we want to start right in the middle of the action of the story and so that's that is true in fiction but i also think that that's true in our writing um with writing to an audience because we've got to get to the meat of what we're trying to say to grab Mm -hmm. their attention so that they're compelled to want to continue to read
0: yeah i think I think that's true. And especially because I know that me, like when I'm consuming content, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spend a bunch of time to figure out if this is going to be valuable. Like, I want to know, is this worth my time? If I'm, you know, if there's an hour long show, or if I'm reading a book or whatever, like, I want to know up front, is this going to be worth my time? And then I'll go with you on the journey. Yeah.
1: like if i click um some article on the internet the first thing i do is always scroll to the bottom because i want to see how long it is like what's my commitment to having to yeah. read this piece right the other yeah. thing i'm looking for is what are the big bold headings because if they're not telling me in the headings what i'm reading as i'm going through the piece then i I've, you've probably already lost my interest um yeah. and so sometimes even just being honest about um your your life as a reader I think can also be helpful in um doing the writing because I'd I w- would you want to read all of that? I don't want to read 67 pages of why right. it's awesome. So no.
0: Yeah, right. I don't care. I'm not I'm not here for your story, I'm here for my story. Right. And that's that's the truth of exactly. it. I think another well, thank you. yeah, oh go ahead.
1: I yeah. think I think another thing to consider when you're writing is um it's not the same as when you're talking. When you're talking, it's kind of almost a stream of consciousness. So you say one thought, add a comma, keep going, add a comma, keep going, add a comma. Um, and so it just, you can, your sentences can be a little bit longer in speech than, um, in, in, in I guess you could say your sentences can be a bit longer in informal speech mm. than in professional writing. And so, um, so a lot of times you may have like five really great ideas or six really good examples. But to say um, to a client, we can provide services by X, comma, Y, comma, Z, comma, A, comma, B. They've already lost you. And so keeping mm-hmm. the sentences a bit shorter in nature, I think, is also really helpful to um, even keep the pace up of the reading. People can read right. short sentences a lot quicker. And so then i think that um they're more committed to read because they're not having to digest a big complex sentence
0: yeah that's a great note i think that's uh something i've seen a lot of so it's a great note thanks so much heather for uh all your insight today yeah sure i feel like thank you so um, much we have a bunch of things that we're continuing to work on uh one of the things that we're gonna we're working on is like know, kind of a concise uh, set of notes for you know ideas to be thinking about as you're copywriting, and so we, you know, we'll definitely update that with a lot of these ideas. So,
1: yeah, thanks.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us. We uh, we really had fun with that interview, and uh, hopefully, we'll have more content like this for you coming up. Uh, we've got some other guests coming, but we also have cookies. I we keep teasing the cookies, and I have yet I've yet to get anybody to take us up on the cookie offer. This is a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie. I made this today and we will send these out to someone who DMs us that they subscribed. Um, So like, subscribe, follow. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, wherever you get your finest social media at Why Films. Thanks so much.